Hi there folks, my name is Novoing24 and welcome to another episode of the Three Grumpy Simmers. Now this one is a bit earlier than expected, but uh, before you get too far into that, I'm going to introduce, of course, my regular two compatriots as part of our Three Grumpy Simmers lineup. Uh, of course, we've got Sergio from Helisimmer.com. Hey guys. And of course, we have the purple hat wearing Tomcat pilot and um, teaching his Rio how to do its other stuff, uh, <laughs> Tomcat flying Belgeode. Hey, howdy, howdy. <laughs> have, you nailed, have you nailed those cat, uh, those landings? I'm pretty sure you're like, on day one, you were on like uh, the three wire, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, I've had a, a bunch of three wire traps. However, the last and probably most interesting one that I did was when I was showing my Rio around. He had finally learned, you know, how to set up everything to do the cold and dark startup. And we took off and we left, uh, we were on a Persian Gulf map. We found a Stennis, we came in, and the first time, we trapped, and I don't know what the hell I did wrong, but all of a sudden we start sliding off to the port side of the boat, and we end up at an angle with one wheel hanging off the side <laughs> of the boat. And I'm like, uh, gas man, you, you want to call the chief and tell him to get the Tilly Crane to pick us up out of here? Second landing, because we did it three times now. We had to practice it all three times. Complete startup all the way out to the boat and land. So second time we come in, I said to him, you ever wonder why I got the call sign striker? And like, no sooner I said that, <laughs> ramp strike. Boom. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> so I said to him on SRS, now you know why they call me striker. <laughs> Third time around, we got in, <laughs> nailed it. We actually ended up getting, what was it? I think a four-wire, which is not, not really all that good. But, you know, it was you as good as high. we were going to get that day. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So we finally eventually got it. <laughs> and oh, he's God. like, he's ready for the next go around. He wants to try and, you know, work the radar and see if we can do some air-to-air -air and whatnot. So. Oh. Well, there you go. Well, we look it's, forward to seeing. Fun. We look it's forward to seeing many fun. more Tomcat Tomcatery <laughs> videos coming uh, to uh, to your channel soon. Now, um, we've we've coming. We're bringing you this episode a little bit out of our regularly scheduled programming. We probably weren't going to do another episode for another couple, another week or two. But some unfolding events over the last seventy-two hours have brought us and definitely got my blood boiling for, for, as one. Um, <laughs> Such to the point that That's I actually, a way to put it, yes. Well, yes, okay, it is. And to the point where I... I blame him. <laughs> to the point where there have been two very uh, firmly, firmly, strongly worded op-eds that I have written about it, uh, featured on my website. Uh, and of course, I am talking about um, the Milvis or military visual visualizations decision uh, to uh, go out and ask for community backing via Kickstarter to port over their as yet incomplete ATR-72 and bring it over to the X-Plane 11 world. Um, so the variant is currently being developed for the ESP platform. Well, actually, sorry, for Prepared V4 exclusively, I apologize. Um, so we're, we're here to talk about that because there's a lot of vitriol about it. There's a lot of content about it. And quite frankly, I'm terrified because of the precedent it's starting to set. So. Um, I'm probably gonna. Um, I guess the, the first part is is that we need to look at the, we need to establish the the whole point about crowdfunding, um, 
and that's something that's becoming uh, an, an increasingly everyday part of our, of our digital lives, whether mm-hmm. it be, um, you know, whether it be for an indie game, whether it be for getting a, you know, a brand new camera or something, camera design built, or a, uh, what was one I saw on Kickstarter the other week, something like a, a universal power supply, so it's got every um, hmm. country's plug in it, but also got a battery pack mm-hmm. in it or something like that. So, you know, it's... <laughs> so, so uh, it's it's this interesting idea, and it, you know, between uh, Kickstarter, GoFundMe pages for for various individual causes, it, it's becoming a very invasive part of our digital life. Um, and and I'm going to go to our to our resident uh, a, a software developer here, um, Sergio, <laughs> and sort of go, where do you see the the place for um, crowdfunding, crowdsource funding like Kickstarters? Um, where do you where do you see it where it should be, and where do you see it uh, in relation to our hobby? Hmm. Well, when I when I first started, you know, to take to have some contact Kickstarter and the, these crowdfunding uh, platforms, I started to see it as a a very democratic way for small companies to start and uh, um, you know build themselves and build new products and bring new products into into the industry um i've always seen it as a as a way managing to get um a group of investors without actually have having anyone running your company because you know when someone um when a company does a round of investment uh, money comes in but you usually have people behind it that are going to take charge of the company or of the company and basically be the boss be your be your, be your boss uh, you tend you tend to lose a lot of of control over your company and your product and i've seen this as a way of companies to uh, independent companies or indie companies if you want to call them um, <clears throat> to Enter the market and to bring something to 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 their to their clients to their customers, mm-hmm. and actually uh, you know push their startup status forward, put out put a product out the first product out and then grow from there. Um, I, I, I so don't see establishing it. a name for themselves. Yes, yes, and yeah. uh, you know I, I don't see it as a as a tool to do the opposite. Mm. Um, Milvis is kind of doing the opposite here. They are established as a, as a developer. They have a lot of products out there. And um, although I do understand that, you know, they want to get into this new platform, which is explain, it kind of makes me feel weird to see a company like, like this one, uh, you know, coming out and asking people for money up front for a product and, you, you they're developing. I'm sorry, Sergio, I'm going to cut you off there for a second because for, for two points. So first of all, one, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you because, you know, it's, I see um, yeah, crowdfunding as something to get a, uh, as, a as, as you said, an independent platform. So someone that's smaller and as you said, Sergio, someone who's a smaller group that doesn't have, say, the, the bigger reach to reach the, the bigger investors to be able to get people to, to support them and get a small idea for an unknown company with a new idea to be able to get off the ground, not for an established company that's been producing, you know, content for the better part of 15 years to be able to do something. And also, but I'm going to pick up on something. It's not a new platform to them. They've already got. No, an there are product. already products there. Yeah. Yeah, they they've already got an X-Plane product. 
they got their Cessna 310R. They, True. Ha, they yeah. had it. They so had it for they ESP. Had they had it for ESP. They had it for FSX originally. They rebooted it to make yep. it prepared um, compatible, and then they brought it over to X-Plane. They've already done it. This isn't a new platform to them. Now, and that's where it really, for me, starts the the where the problems really start. Um, and, and I'm going to pick on this. So for, for folks who, who you know, as it may not have known about this or have, uh, may have been under a rock. So the, the point is, is that Milvis have actually um, yeah, t- taken to, to crowdfunding and by claiming that um, it's the, the cost is, and I'm quoting here directly from their Kickstarter. So your pledge will help us cover the costs of, among others, systems translation from uh, P3D, max to blender conversions, creation of custom data refs, ACFs, and all the other elements of X-Plane development. So, and this is the, and that line there myself, that, 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 that line, those lines right there, that's what really got me and really put my back up and really made me potentially very, very disgruntled. Um, as anyone who's read my op-ed would, would probably read between the lines. Um, because straight up, the, 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 the max to blender conversion, I call absolute bullshit on that. Because I literally did it at work. I, I literally did it at work because yeah, I've got a 3DS Max mesh. One of my colleagues doesn't like 3DS Max, he likes Blender. So I exported it as, instead of as a .max file, I exported it as a .obj, gave it to, the, gave it to my colleague and he opened it up in Blender. I didn't need 20,000. That actually brings to mind a good question (laughs) here. When you actually examine the aircraft file that that X-Plane uses, I do notice that a number of those objects are actual OBJ files. Yes. So if you have the native capability of saving, you know, the project you're working on as an OBJ file, isn't it already in a format that it needs to be in? I, I, don't, I don't think I, it is. I don't I, think I, it I is. Say, I think it's a. I think it hmm. might use the same extension. It's a different. Yeah, it's a different. it's a different format. There's there's a plugin for Blender which allows you to yeah. export in OB, in explains OBG OBJ yeah. format. And there's, so there's it's also not, it's not the same. And there's a plugin. Mm. There's okay. a plugin. But the thing, the thing, plugin for 3ds Max. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something too, though, Tristan. Was it an animated object? Was it just just a mesh? It was, an anim- it was all an animated, the animation. Animated. All the animations. All the animations. Okay. With it. the hmm. only the, the only painful thing was is that the textures uh, Blender doesn't like them to be flipped like where they normally are with DDS. Mm-hmm. So it was we had to unflip all the textures. You had on. to remap. Yeah, you had re- to remap, remap the textures. But yeah. the actual mesh and all the animations survived. Okay. And do, do well. Do the animations work in Explain? That's another story. That, that's an, that's another story. But yeah, either yeah. way, it's sort of like stuff well, like that. Well, that's where the data refs come <laughs> in too, and all of that stuff. Because so, the data refs are what they link everything to, hmm. basically. And and it's just as I said, it's this whole concept of of a company going to a crowd source, you know, a crowdfunding model, to bring a project over to a platform that you know they. You know that that they are you know they have already uh, developed for at least once and just and the some of the things that they're listing here in the about and why they're trying to make over the money i'm sort of going that doesn't make sense now to put this to 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 go back to milvis though is that in the last few hours they have actually come back and issued 
a mm-hmm. further update on their Facebook page because I'm going to get to a, another Facebook comment that they made. We're going to get that to later, later in the video where they've actually now outlined in more detail the story behind their um, the reason why they're going for the reason why they need a cash injection to be able to bring the ATR over X plane. Um, what was the interesting comment though? The most interesting comment though was the fact that the project was originally for X plane, not for ESP. I thought that was weird for a start. I'm like, you, your ATR seventy two, which you've been um, pushing on us for about eighteen months. Um, apparently it was originally designed, it was originally going to go for XP, it was never going to go to um, the ESP platform. But they chose to, to, to use the ESP version rather than X-Plane because they're more familiar with it. That's fine, I don't care about that. Um, so they've got the 3D model, um, but they need to have the ACF files um, and the data refs done. Uh, and they're not familiar with it and they're not used to doing it. They, you know, they, need, they need Basically they need money to be able to contract it out to get somebody else to do it. And I'm kind of so like, how, well, how, sorry. how do they do it for the 310? I don't know. That's a good question. Reading this exact thing that you're reading, Tristan, I think the answer is in there. Mm-hmm. Because they, they specifically someone? mentioned one of the developers <laughs> that's rather prolific with X-Plane, uh, Jay Roland mm-hmm. is the name that he goes by. I have some of his planes. Mm-hmm. Really wonderful stuff. So it sounds to me like with the 310, what they had done as kind of like a proof in concept was probably enlisted someone like that mm. or perhaps someone else. I don't know if it's specifically Jay Roland that helped them yeah. out with that to bring it over. So honestly, I think that was the smart move on their part, but it almost sounds to me like it came to bite them in the butt because they're talking about the huge amount of time and money that it's cost okay, okay. them. Okay, well, hang on. Let, let's let's pick up on that point. Let's pick up on that because I have no problem with outsourcing something to a, an expert to get it done. I have no right. problem with that because at the end of the day, I don't know, you know, how to do everything. I don't know, you know, mm. I, I don't own a, I don't I, I don't own a lawnmower, so I outsource my lawn mowing because you know I don't have the tools and I don't have the tools, don't have the skills, and quite frankly, don't have the time. So I outsource that. Okay, so you know, on a grander scale, you know, if you've got a content that you want to bring over to a sim, you outsource it. That's fine. Just Flight, right. Just Flight's in-house development team do some of the groundwork, but they outsource the final modifications to. I think it's Thoranda. Is it Thoranda? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Thoranda. So, so, Thoranda. so they outsource it to Thoranda. Now, they, working in partnership with Thoranda, have ported over almost their entire catalog of in-house development models from ESP over to X-Plane and they never had to raise money off Kickstarter. They got their costs back from the actual sales of the finished product. Mm -hmm. Now, so this begs my question is, I get that development is expensive. I get it. We're all three of us here, you know, Sergio's the software developer, but, you know, Drew and myself both do other developments and, and other sort of creative um, creative pursuits and creative creations, you know, it it costs money to do what we do. It does. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying it, it's not going to they're not going to be out of pocket to start with. But if they've got a market that wants the product, pretty sure that's how this works. I don't know. Maybe I'm misreading the way the market's supposed to work. But you outlay money that puts you yes, okay. You know, probably in debt and probably you know in a you know, in a difficult position. But you do that if you do your market research and you know the market wants your product, 
and the market, and you set it at a price point that the market's willing to accept and willing to um, that's a viable price point. So I can I can I can see Sergio laughing right now because that's another sore point. But anyway, um, then you're going to get that back. Just what have proven it over and over. Carinado and their brother company Alabeo have proven it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, Orbix have proven it. They were very late to coming on board to explain, but tell you what, they've come on with a with a vengeance now because that they've 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 <laughs> done... support payment, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because because they've seen Just the fact that they sent they spend the money on the R and D, and let's 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 be honest here, like you know their whole effort into the FTX Global that was a massive cost outlay for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Vector was a massive cost outlay for them to get pilots to be able to create that for them. But it's paid off in the long run. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. Guys, do you think maybe I'm misinterpreting this? Maybe I'm sort of, maybe I've got it backwards, but to me, that seems to be the right way of doing it. You acknowledge that, yes, you're going to, you're mm-hmm. going to have, you know, maybe financial troubles, but if you do it start, then you're going to get it right because you're going to get money back off the sales. Yes. Okay, let me, let me, let me say yeah. something here. Okay. And, uh, mm-hmm. you, you kind of notice I was smiling a bit. Uh, <laughs> Here it comes. Um, no, 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 I'm, I'm not, it's just like... Um, no, go look, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, okay. Um, they know we want this, right? Oh. They know we want this. The arrogance of so that statement. Oh. They have they have no problems there because you know, they know we want the product, so everybody's bye, bye, going bye. to buy it. Yep. No, 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 no. Let's let's back up a second here. Who yeah. is this we? Because I sure as hell do not want an ATR-72. There is no way in hell I'm going to fly something like that. No, I can't trap me, that on a carrier deck. I can't take off vertically and land vertically with that sucker. It is of no use to me. You are not the target. I am definitely... <laughs> Um, I, I, I am perfectly you know, happy with the, the, the freeware one that's kicking around um, for ESP. It's been <clears> modded. It will now work in V4. Yeah. No, but now seriously, um, I can't understand. I, uh, you, you, I, I'm always playing devil's advocate. <laughs> so I can't understand, can't understand where... where <laughs> yeah, I'm playing his advocate. <laughs> Notice the goatee the guy has. Yeah, right. So, uh, don't call me Drusifer for nothing. Okay. That's right. That's right. That's right. I can understand that they, you know, they may not have any to invest on this venture, but the thing is, they're not a new company anymore. And, uh, and that, and that, they get back to you. Yeah, if they don't have, yeah, if they don't have the money, not just, you know, get your neck out and make a loan or something. I cannot imagine the amount of times that, you know, the guys at Orbex have, have you know, made, a loan, made loans or uh, got got some investors in, in which key, in each, in each, in this case, it probably lost uh, some control of the company or of the product or, or some products, but, you know, they did business the right way. And um, what, what really kind of, ticks me off is not the fact that they are not as much the fact that they are asking for money on Kickstarter. But it's the freaking tears. Come on, guys. I'm not going 
yeah no after after you know a lot of guys have started to complain about it i think they they, they, they came out and said that anyone mm -hmm. that was going to <clears throat> buy into the first the first years would have a discount on the final product yeah they, i'm not they, gonna pay to get my name on a manual or a livery come on seriously so so <laughs> To, to put, so so for those for those who haven't for those who haven't um, seen the Kickstarter yet, so the, the there are four tiers on offer from <clears throat> Milvis. Um, well, actually no, there's, sorry, there's actually five. There's five tiers. There's a pledge with no reward, so you can actually just mm. throw money at them, um, with and you get nothing. Seems for legit. It. Um, so which is you know and and that one ironically I actually have the least problem with. I actually have the least problem yeah, with that just, one because that's just donate. That's a that's a donation. Um, I, yeah. Not gonna lie, my website has a donate now button. If you like my work and you would like to support me and buy me a coffee, it's got a don donate now button. Like I'm not gonna lie, it does. And so that's the one I have the least issue with. Um, so the, the the tiers are on here. That, so that it's um, uh, it's it's eight US dollars or ten Canadian dollars or more. Um, it's you get your name in the product manual when it's released. Um, Fifty Canadian dollars or about forty something US dollars or more, you get your name on a livery on the aircraft. So just let's just look at those first two tiers for a second. We've got a manual that, let's be honest, if anybody's logged onto Facebook lately, you know that nobody reads. <laughs> they um, don't read it. <laughs> sorry to people like me who and and the three of us that actually read the manual, but you know the vast majority don't. Um, and then uh, and, and, uh, I'm sorry, I laugh because. Last week, when the Top Cat released, one of the first things posted on Facebook was, "When I get over ten thousand feet, my screen turns black. <laughs> What's going on?" And all I could think of was, "Here we go, Zebo again." <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. And like without fail, <laughs> guaranteed every week you will see that. Why can't I turn this cabin like pressure light off? And this like, oh fuck. Anyway, um, name on a custom livery. A custom livery that you know that. So let's let's be honest here. The market that, that's most likely going to buy this are people who fly for VAs or people who want mm -hmm. to replicate VA or real airline flights. So they're not going to fly a custom livery with a whole heap of people's names on it. They're going to be flying the livery of whatever air virtual airline or airline you know, that, that they're um, pretending to fly for. You know, they're going to fly in that livery. So okay, but you know that's fine. At least you're getting mm -hmm. something for it. That's fine. Um, but you do, and that's it. That was the original thing. Now. About twelve to four, twelve to twenty hours later, Milby has turned around and said that, "Hey, you will be able to get a discount code equaling how much that you pledged, um, if you pledge to the lower tiers. So you can still buy the product, but you get a discount off that pledge." And I'm like, "Okay, I'm okay. I'm I'm kind of a bit more okay with that." Mm. Then you have the top two tiers. The, these are the only tiers that actually let you get the finished product, and these are. Uh, 135 Canadian dollars, so 100 US, um, roughly, yeah. above 100 US, or 195 Canadian dollars, which I think is about 160 US ish dollars, mm. um, where you get the access to the the aircraft once yeah, once it's finished. Um, the, if you do the higher one, you also get access. You also get early access to it as well, so you get to play with it in a beta build. Um, that's a lot. One hundred and sixty dollars. Uh, that's so a lot. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me 
let me see if I'm understanding <laughs> this correctly. So for the highest tier, paying more than this aircraft is presumably worth. You're paying for early access? Yes. As a DCS user, I'm kind of used to the opposite. They're taking 10% off and also giving me early access. What's wrong with this picture here? <clears throat> because this is early access access. This and then of early, course my early access, question. Early, yes, exactly. Mm. Okay. It's so early, early. It's early, early access, access. Okay, with all of that, how much is this aircraft going to be retailing for? Okay, so this is the second part where I flew. I and I will, I, I will own this. I probably wrote the second part of my op-ed when I, I, when I read the, the price point, the suggested price point, and I am disgusted. Um, I've had a few people say that I was a little bit harsh with what I said. Um, I actually stand by it. So, in and this goes back to, I alluded earlier in the episode where we talked about, we're going to talk about a second Facebook post that Milvies made in, in their comments. One of the comments was made, and I am going to bring it up here, um, is uh, we, so to know, a poll for what? To know if you want it, we know you want it in capitals. No is in capitals. Thing is, we're pretty sure you won't want to pay for it. The price is going to be, hundred and twenty to $150. Wait, 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 wait. That's a scale. That's not a price. That's a scale. Which so let's, is it? Let's is that, wait, wait, wait. Just, let me, is that Canadian dollars or US dollars? So there's, there's, there's contention about this. Is that some people are claiming that's Canadian dollars. It doesn't okay. specifically okay, so. say it now. It doesn't specifically say it in the post. It just simply says okay, $150. So help me here. How much are the, the two <clears throat> top tiers at Kickstarter? The two top tiers at Kickstarter are 135 Canadian dollars or 195 Canadian dollars. So both of them are more expensive than the final price of the aircraft. Correct. <laughs> if, 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 <laughs> if the final price of the aircraft is in Canadian dollars. If the final price of the aircraft, which they're quoting, is in US dollars, which every other part of their store is sold in okay. US dollars, is not sold in Canadian dollars, not a single one of their products oh, okay. is sold in Canadian dollars. All of their products are sold in US dollars. Okay. So the assumption by, so, and this is where the community, community splits, some, some people saying that it's Canadian dollars, some people saying US dollars. I say it's US dollars because every single okay. one of their products is sold in US dollars. They are not sold in Canadian that dollars. That would make sense, yeah. So if it's okay. US dollars, then all of the pledges are significantly more than actually so sorry no I tell a lie no sorry the pledge the second the second highest pledge the 130 for Canadian dollars is 100 US dollars which is actually less than what it would retail for mm. okay it's only the top tier pledge which gives you the early access which would be above what you would pay if you just <clears throat> okay so you're, you're basically but again you're for paying for early oh, access yeah. Either yeah. way. No, 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 no. You, you're getting it wrong. You're paying hmm. for the privilege of being a beta tester and finding bugs and uh, dealing with a broken piece of software. Please refer back to our previous episode talking about the uh, debunking <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the beta testing. Um, so we're talking about this, and 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 this is my thing. So so, no, so we've got a, this post that says that apparently we know we want it. Uh, and that the price is going to be 120 to 150 dollars. Now, again, as I said, I'm assuming that this is US dollars. 
I saw that and I was grateful I didn't have coffee in my mouth this time round and I so I didn't <laughs> spit it all over my monitor again. Because I just can't believe the that price tag. I I, I genuinely can't. Now, to put this into Is this a new record? Sorry? Yeah. Uh, no, it is. That's what I was ask. Is this like a new price this point record? Because I know we've yes. always bitched about like PMDG and stuff like that when it comes to like really so, high so price. So let's price. let's let's put this in, into perspective here. Let's put this into perspective here. An ATR seventy two. An ATR seventy two is a twin turboprop regional airliner. Basically, it has one competitor in the real world, and that's the Dash Eight Q four hundred. That's it. They they carry this similar number of passengers, same in, same engines, um, similar hmm. everything. They're basically you know one's built in Europe, one's built in America. That's kind of it. Yeah. Um, so to use that not as a real world example, but also a simulation example, let's look at the Majestic Q four hundred. So um, again, for for non regional turboprop pilots, the Majestic simulations um, Q the Majestic Q four hundred, their rendition of the uh, of the Dash A. Um, has been considered second to none. Um, even PMDG only have one turboprop regional aircraft, the Jetstream 41, um, which is half the size, um, and it's 45 US dollars um, hmm. is its price point. Now, Majestic... That seemed kind of low for PMDG. What's wrong with it? Um, is it only half study level? What, what, what's going on with it? <laughs> It's it's pro <laughs> probably to be honest, it's because it's one of the first products they released. Um, oh, so it's okay. old and it has it is yet to be updated. It was never updated to work with F sixteen edition or prepared one, two, and three. It is apparently mm. being worked on to be compatible with prepared V four, um, which is really ironic because regular viewers of mine will know how I feel about PMDG. Um, it mm. is actually the only product of theirs <laughs> yeah. I am actually waiting for. I actually want to buy. Mm. I, I actually want to fly the P the, the J forty one. And, and I will happily, you know, go through all checklists for it because, you know, I actually like <laughs> You better hope they don't ban you from their website ahead of time. <laughs> anyway, so, but, okay, so the, the point is, is that we've got, um, so we've got Majestic Simulation of the Q400, okay? So we've got a competitor for the ATR in real life and in the virtual world. Um, in the virtual world, the Majestic Q400 comes in three editions. You get the Pilot Edition, Pro Edition, or the Training Edition. So the pilot edition is their, um, uh, it's their, you know, it's still considered a, you know, it, it's designed in their words for home flight simmers who want a state of the art hardcore add-on, so study level, um, but want to have some simplified features, such as the way circuit breakers are modelled um, and the and minimal failures. Okay, so because the actual meantime before failure components in the aircraft is pretty damn small, so okay, I can accept that. That's fine. There is the Pro Edition, um, which is for advanced users um, who want to simulate all aspects of the Q400, including the head-up guidance system, um, sharing cockpits with other um, virtual pilots, um, and some more some some higher fidelities on the systems. Now, hmm. those products are worth, uh, Sergio, I'm going to have to get you to do the math here. So it's 40 euros or 60 euros. So, yeah, so it's about, I don't know, 45 to $7, um, a bit less than $70. Yeah, so I think it's, yeah, so it's, yeah, sweet FA. Um, the, then Majestic have their training edition. Now, their training edition is for real airlines. 
training real pilots. Like this isn't for your home user. This isn't for your home simmer. This is for people with actual pilot's license who actually need to maintain currency on the Q400. They, they make a version just for real pilots. The price point of that is 138 US dollars. For real pilots. So we're talking like the level D simulation motion thing. It, requires to be it is meant to be set up with actual mm. simulator hardware okay well that's US the kind dollars. of price i would expect really 138 us dollars hmm. i would expect more to be honest i i, expe <laughs> I expected i expected about i expected like a thousand plus um yeah so what's their secret? Why are they able to so, so, basically sell and that, it for and a song? And that's my thing. Why are they able to sell a, a literal professional grade simulator, simulation software, for potentially 20 bucks less than what mm. Milviz are proposing to sell to the home user, which is an a, a approximation of an aircraft that's not certified to train real-world pilots? Hmm. Because what we wanted. The arrogance really of that statement. And can I just wind back to that? <laughs> if if we want it so badly, if we want it so badly, and they feel in we'll just buy it. whatever, whatever kind of whacked out research they got to think that the community could even stomach a hundred and fifty dollar US dollar price point for an add-on. Then why the hell do we need them? Do they need to charge the money for the Kickstarter in the first place? Do you want to bet something? You want to make a bet? Hmm. I'm I'm, I'm curious. Let me let me hear the odds first. Well, they yep. People are going to buy it. We have oh, said I this. You that. We have said this before. We are bringing this to ourselves. Do the we? Community yeah. is bringing this. The community is bringing this. Mm -hmm to itself the fact that developers you know and um <clears throat> like you said tristan i'm a software developer so i know the cost of software but the fact that you know the first guys started to sell aircraft add-ons for over 100 dollars and people started buying it and then the second guy did the same and people continue buying it and then this third guys come over and you know up the price a bit and people still buy it mm -hmm. it's kind of like it's kind of guy like the gas prices here in portugal they just rise 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 yep. rise and suddenly see a small drop on the sales and then they just stop or just yeah, drop or a just little drop bit just enough mm -hmm. yeah yeah just, just, just playing the market people. basically yeah yeah they, that in it's you know they are selling these for these prices because we because keep on buying them. We keep buying it. Yeah, exactly. And we keep on buying them. how that works. Hmm. We so, keep on buying them and praising them and defending them and you know, calling trolls to everybody that you know doesn't agree with this kind of business or doesn't agree with these prices. You know, nowadays what we see, you know, uh, it, it, it's it's this, this kind of. This is tribal. I, I, I just wrote an article a couple of days ago about this, you know, the fact that we are tribal beings, and this is tribal. We have the guys that are going to defend the tribe 
on a, the movies or whatever tribe and their products mm-hmm. um, because they need to feel validated by the fact that they are coughing up $150 for the product and they need to feel that it's the best product out there. And, you know, as long as we keep on having people defending these companies like this, and I'm not saying that, you know, like we were just saying, I'm not saying the Dash 8 would be worth $1,000 for the professional for the professional version, for the pilot version. Majestic, please don't start charging that. Please don't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but the thing, but the thing is, I respect them. I respect them a lot more because they are not. Mm. No, I respect them a lot more because they probably know they could sell it for ten times more, mm. but they are not doing it. You know, they're just they did a product that they are probably selling a lot more units than they would if they were selling it at one thousand yeah. um, dollars, because you know. A lot of real pilots out there may be actually buying this product from them, even if they don't have uh, uh, the hardware to go with it. But they are they are probably buying this for 100, 100 plus dollars than they would be for $1,000. But the thing is, as long as we, the community, continue to allow companies to raise the prices like this... Yeah. And again, I know software costs a lot of time and money to develop, but until but until we stop, we we tell them to and, stop. And, until we, we as a community say enough way. is enough. Until we as a community yeah, say enough is enough. There has to be a better way. And, and we, we have to do it with our with our wallets and st- stop calling people names because you know guys disagree with you. We're we're not being trolls. We're just worried. I don't want to start buying helicopters for one hundred dollars. Uh, I'm going right, to sell right away. I'll just stop. I'll yeah. just, you know, there's a risk. I'll stop. I, I actually quit the hobby. To be very honest with you, mm. yep. I, I'm not going to buy one hundred dollars for for an helicopter. If I want to buy two or three helicopters, dollars. Guys, I, I I have a daughter going to university. I have a lot more to spend yeah. money on than add-ons, right? So no, I, don't, I, don't count me in. And this don't is this in. is the thing, and this is what really terrifies me. And I think this is the main reason why I'm why I think I'm so upset by this, and why I again, and while I flat out call it great now, yeah, and and I've been counselled by. Um, uh, another developer that sort of said, you know, it, it's not my place. Uh, and a developer I very, very much, I highly respect. You know, it's not, it's not my place to sort of, you know, call them being greedy or being called being a thief for, 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 you know, charging, you know, for going on this Kickstarter path. But the be- the behavior you walk past is the standard you accept. Hmm. And I, and I want everyone I who's think... watching this to think about that because yeah. It, if and it goes back to the point of look, if this was a look, you know, you know what? And here's wh- and here's where I'm saying I have, I actually am okay with Kickstarter being used for flight simulation. I'm okay. However, it has to be a new a new company or a a new idea mm. from a startup and not an established company as we talked about before that says I want to do this, but. I, I don't have an income stream from an established product line. I don't have experience, so I need a bit of hand, a bit of help, you know, and backed by Kickstarter's you know, you know, um, you know, commitments or whatever to actually be able to go, give me a hand up to get this out the door, you know. 
and that is where I am. I would be okay with backing a Kickstarter. I have backed plenty of Kickstarters in my mm-hmm. time for companies that are small, small indie developers um, or small um, products that are very niche, very small, and but uh, for new developers, you know, from people who are new to the industry. I've backed plenty of Kickstarters. I've been burnt by a couple of Kickstarters in my time as well. But that's part mm-hmm. of the, you know, that's part of what you accept as that's being, part of the risk. It's part of the yep. risk, but. When an established company with an established product line of over 30 products with a very, you know, which would have a reasonable income stream coming in from their products, because again, I have issues with some of Milviz's behavior and some of their actions and some of their products, but at the end of the day, they still make a fairly good product for what they, you know, they make a very good product. Mm-hmm. They do. Um, I question, have, and, and, and again, and we haven't even touched on the fact that their record with, um, dealing with pre-orders and release dates is not exactly unblemished when we look at the fact that they, you know, the King Air, the mythical, the mythical Milviz King Air 350. <laughs> is that which, the one everyone is still waiting for? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was either six or eight years ago that was first floated <laughs> to the community. And they took pre-orders. People forked out money for pre-orders. They're still waiting. Wow. Yeah. There is a piece. But hey, I got my there Corsair, are... though. I still have my Corsair no, and my yeah. Huey. So, yeah, and this is the thing. <laughs> and, and, and would you not agree? Like, yeah, I've got their, um, I've got their F4 Phantom. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sliding straight past the, the fact that I, they're going to charge me to update to a to a, uh, to a TAC Pack edition, which I don't can't use TAC Pack in order to maintain prepared V4 compatibility sliding right past that issue um the the f4 is re- is actually i really like their f4e the f4j i didn't i thought it was a bit of a you know let's just retexture an f4e and throw it out the door um but the mm. f4e was really really well done and absolutely i love flying it but the you know I, hmm. but yeah, so i i'm not denying that they make good products they make excellent quality products but again this is an established company with an established credit line but they've got mm. a very poor track record of delivering on pre-order, you know, on pre-order promises, um, of delivering on products. Period. And now we're expected to trust them, to for us to throw money at them via a Kickstarter, which at the end of the day, as we've just said, Kickstarter part of the risk of Kickstarter is that it may not actually work out. You may not get the product. Right. Right. So at which point in time, yeah, they would definitely constituted as thieves if they were to, you know, collect as much money in and never deliver on a product. So, yeah. you know, from that aspect, I can see where you're coming from on that. And the thing that I have with Kickstarters, though, okay, yeah, I agree with you. Totally, totally. Whenever it comes to something that's groundbreaking, something that's new, like we see it a lot in the VR world. There's a lot of stuff that's uh, being developed for VR mm-hmm. that's being funded through Kickstarter, Pimax was it, was is the it, perfect those, example um, of that, the, the Pimax the, headset. The tactile gloves? Yeah, the gloves were also another Capto glove, and I think SenseReact, the other one. And there's another guy that's been working on, like, little fingertip gloves, which actually I'm looking uh, to see if I can get a hold of and test those out. But when it comes to, like, the aircraft development and so on, mm. I can think of a few startups, if you will, that haven't had to go down the same road. I mean, the first two that come to mind, Hot Start, 
you know, the TBM 900, which honestly I've been raving about and a lot of people have been raving about. It, In my opinion, it sets the bar as to what a GA in X-Plane should be. But then now you also have TorxSim. TorxSim just launched their pocket rocket. That's their first product. Now, that granted, they have cool. a history with... Yeah, and they have a history with, like, making scenery and so on. But this is the first time they've actually created a GA aircraft from the ground up, a high-performance GA aircraft. They didn't have to go this route, and they didn't. And you know what? It's selling like hotcakes already. So that's where, you know, like you were saying, Tristan, I have a little bit of a problem with why they felt the need, and they even acknowledge it in this Facebook post that they had made on their page you know, they don't know anything about XB, so they're left with a couple of bad choices, and they do state bad choices in brackets. You know, the first was to hire someone that can do that for them, or the second to learn to do it themselves. Well, they do have someone, unless, of course, the relationship is now null and void, and maybe that's what put them in this hole. It sounds like they're trying to recoup. Like, they've already put out all this money. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to recruit stem the flow of blood, basically. Yeah. And, but uh, I, I think they just, I think they went about it the wrong way. All this stuff that I'm reading right now makes a lot of sense. If I would have seen something like this before, if I were interested in the ATR, if I'd have seen this before seeing the Kickstarter, I might be more inclined to be like, okay, you know what? I know what these guys are going through. Let me throw them a couple of bones. And and I think that picks up on but the, the way on the that it was point. done. It, it, I think that picks up on the final point: the lack of communication, the fact that it took two almost three days between when the Kickstarter launched and when we got the rationale as to the, their justification as to why they're going down that path. That is the other problem I have, and it goes towards that that arrogance factor um, that I mentioned before, because it's like, well. And, and again, Drew, as he said, if you'd actually said to me at the start, hey, we've tried already to do this, but we are literally, it's the, it's the, you know, the, the right way we've talked about in our last episode when we talked about, you know, early access funds, you know, getting a pre-order and early access funds is to get you, help you finish that last mile. You know, you know if you're going to do it, but you do it as, you know, be able to help in the bait and to get the last mile. If they said, if they said in the Kickstarter that said, hey, look, we've already got this far development, we're this far down the X-Plane path. But in order to mm -hmm. finish, we need this amount of money to do this, this and that. Yeah. And actually specific. Not this generic, I need to port my 3D model to from 3DS Max to Blender bullshit. Actually... You were asking from 27,000 or something like 20, that? 27,000 Canadian, 20,000 US. Okay. And it's like, if you'd actually told me and been upfront and been honest with the community, with me and the community more the point, then it's like, okay, again, still think Kickstarter is the wrong way to do it because going back to what I said before about the whole established company bullshit, but mm. I would have been a little bit more forgiving of going, okay, you're obviously committed to this. You're developing down this. I would not, and, 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 and I'll straight up and be honest, I would not have, the, the two posts I've made would have been nowhere near as ranty Um if they've been up well, we love when you rant. We love when you rant. That's the whole point of being a grumpy <laughs> simmer is to get grumpy. We like that. Oh, yes. I'm just saying. So, 
So, well, so well, Bill Bills, well done. Congratulations on getting me grumpy as hell for this month. <laughs> that's for sure. Thank you. It's yeah, all his fault. It's all his fault. Hey, Tristan, have you seen what Milviz is doing? And I sat there, and I said, oh, here we go. <laughs> so for, for those for those who have read my first op-ed, it, it starts, the, the, the line starts with, um, uh, while doing it so free for like a friend, a friend messages me to ask me, had I seen Milviz on Kickstarter? That friend? Yeah, that's Sergio. <laughs> <laughs> Exit stage left. Okay. Um. Um. But no, you you definitely do have some valid points, and yeah, even though you kind of threw the jet a all over them, you do have a very valid point, and we as a community still need to think about you know how much is enough or. You know where we're going to draw that line, what we're willing to and, accept and that's, from developers. That, that's the key decision. It's what are we willing to accept? Are right. we willing to accept um, paying 150 US dollars or even 150 Canadian dollars for a, I'm sure, very well created piece of software <laughs> that at the end of the day allows us to play at being a pilot. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty That's much. Are, are we okay with that? Now, you know, <clears throat> getting back to Sergio's point, have we proven that we're ready to accept that? Yeah, we kind of are because I'm, you know, mm. looking here, Flight Sim Labs, $140 for their um, <laughs> A320. That's just the base model. Mm. Um, uh, PMDG, I don't even want to look at the prices but just the expansion pack for them is 70 to us dollars um so let's have a look there 747 queen of the skies two base package is 100 bucks there you go so apparently oh, the, AT the atr the uh atr -huh. is going to be more expensive and harder to order than the 747 300 currently i will stick to my little 70 dollar tomcat thank you so much because you know what it's already fully fleshed out and we haven't even gotten the a model yet or the carrier <laughs> you know whatever bugs that are in there are just like lingering stuff that's popping up because of the integration with eb best money i ever spent hell yeah most expensive module i've bought for dcs probably not i think uh, the hornet might have been a little bit more money but it's a lot more complete than a Hornet. And they didn't have to do a Kickstarter to come up with it. And and at the end of the day, this is this is the point. And, and again, and, and I take on, on board the, the, the you know, the, the counseling I've had that, you know, it's not our place to decide whether or not it's a, appropriate for a business to use Kickstarter, but, um, or how a business acquires its cash and its capital to be able to create its work. But I, I've got to ask serious questions. Especially given Milvis's track record, I, I I have to ask serious questions about their choices. And there, there's is... something there's something that um, I was thinking right now, and um, I was I was gonna I was gonna throw the okay, I answered myself here, and um, I was wondering why didn't they just do a you know pre-order campaign or something like that, like they did before, and. Um, well, because the last pre-order day campaign is we're six years or eight years on and it still hasn't delivered a product yet. It's still in progress, yeah. Yeah, but still, what's the difference 
between that and doing a Kickstarter. Where there, there is a difference. They are doing a pre-order right now, but they are only going forth with getting the money from people if they reach the, the goal. At least it, it seems that at least they are trying, you know, they are trying to actually uh, confirm they have the money. I, I will, I will before... give them, I will give them that and go. Okay, it is a all or nothing Kickstarter, so that um, yeah, they will only that's the thing. they will only get the money if they reach their funding goal. I, I will give They're them. Probably... I will give Milviz credit for that. I will give them credit where credit. They're due. probably just making sure they get the money before getting right. The... Yeah. And I, if they don't get the money, then you know everybody we, we don't get, interested we don't get in a... explain they don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, look, yeah, you know, I, I will give credit where credit's due. At least they've done, they've chosen to go on, on all or nothing. It's not a you know just pay us money and hope for the best. It's a all or nothing. I will give them that, <laughs> but it's still, I still don't find it an acceptable um, uh, path to go down. And as I said, it, it's it's the, the, the arrogance and the way the community's been treated by this company um, is just, it makes me grumpy. It makes me grumpy. It makes me very grumpy. <laughs> I'm really hoping that it works out for them because, you know, I have enjoyed I'm hoping their it products doesn't. in the past. I don't believe that the path that they're going on right now is necessarily the right one, but, you know, who am I to even say? Because, like I said, at the end of the day, it's not something I'm going to buy or use. But for their sake, I'm my, hoping that they my, can. My problem with that, my problem with that, is that if this is if this is successful, if this is successful and this happens, then it sets the precedent. It sets the mm. standard. I would agree with that. Behavior we walk past is the standard we accept. Now, um, in our off-air conversation briefly before we, we were lamenting that some of the crowdfunding and uh, and some of the uh, indie sources of the, the funding have supported some absolute rubbish games um, over the last few years. Um, <laughs> I just can't, take one look at Steam. <laughs> I, I can't tell you the amount of bollocks I have oh, to sift through every week. Mm -hmm to be able to bring the news to everyone because I have to go through and the absolute trash that I see on Steam, on the forums, on the Kickstarters that are going live, the amount of rubbish <laughs> I see on Indiegogo is just... It makes me despair on a weekly basis. Um, and my problem is... I still is, say the this, Attack this Chopper actually... dating game was the best. <laughs> <laughs> That was the absolute best one that I'd ever seen. The Attack Chopper dating game. <laughs> I sexually identify as an attack helicopter. <laughs> That's what happens when you let Kickstarters and Steve and all of that stuff take the reins. You know, we get stuff like that. I'm so sad now. I'm so sad. So sad. We, we get Rock Simulator, you know. Um... <laughs> It's a thing. No, I had that in the seventies. I didn't have to simulate it. It was actually sold to you for like twenty bucks and a bag. Here's 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 the thing. <clears throat> if we start seeing this happening often community, um, we might actually start seeing less add-ons being released. Yep. Because let's face it. Yeah, you know, imagine that you know, Drew starts developing 
some aircraft, I don't know, a, a Corsair or whatever for X-Plane. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, Tristan is interested in being a Corsair for X-Plane. And he just, you know, he realizes that um, Drew has a Kickstarter for the Corsair. You know, he just quits developing the Corsair uh, and starts working on something else that's interesting. You know, he just quits, quits at all. Just, just quits the project at all. Yeah, just, you know, it was something that he wanted to when uh, all of a sudden, instead of developing, you are going to cash out 20 or 30 bucks for uh, Drew's Kickstarter. And, you know, a few months later or two or three years later, Drew does nothing, vaporware, money goes boom, the project mm. goes boom, and we have no Corsair, no money, no nothing. Mm. This can happen. This kind of things can happen. And if mm. the gaming community is a broader community and uh, you know people are still willing to release to release different games mm. inside a community such as ours in which you know we are kind of limited by the fact that we are uh, we use replicas of real objects real world aircraft uh, it kind of worries me that this can start happening you know we and all of a sudden we have a ten we might have a ton of uh, of little small companies, one-man companies, two-man companies that start their own Kickstarter to do a, an, an amazing amount of different aircraft, and all of a sudden, 90 or you know, 99 or 98 percent of those aircraft never see, never, never come to life. Or the quality is far less than yeah. was anticipated. And... Because there's something, yeah. Because there's something yeah. that 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 people need to understand. It's one thing for you to, you know, put your own money on a project, and you know you have to do, just, just, just look at Hitler, Hitler, not Hitler. <laughs> just look at Hitler. Right. Yes. Hitler. Just look at what Hitler, Hitler did. Did it? You know, they they invested their own money on this project. They've been working on this for four plus years mm -hmm. and they had to do it right so that they could you know recover the money and recover the investment and break a profit now imagine that instead of having this responsibility of um, recovering their own money you know they would just be given the money out for them to develop the product star citizen not, anyone? You know, star citizen anyone? yeah i'm yeah. not i'm, yeah. I'm not i'm mm -hmm. not I, I don't know Nicholas personally, and I've, I've talked to Nicholas from a few times. I think he's a great guy, so I'm not I'm not saying uh, this would happen. But what if they had the money up front and they would re and they release a shitty product? Now I know of one thing that would happen. There's a certain guy with a purple hat that would cry <laughs> for years no, and no. years and years. No, 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 no. He he would right. be the. He... You remember my mantra? Yes. The, Tom Cat or Riot. Or Riot. There, there yeah, would be a one-man right. riot. The options were there. Yep. Mm -hmm. but, this, the but this option. is a risk. Yeah. Exactly. And they did, yeah. I told Nicholas, you better release this because, you know, there's this guy in the West and he's crazy. And, and, and Sergio, yeah. I think you've, you've hit the absolute nail on the head there because we're talking about here is that let's – what is the incentive? So, I mean, something when I was a sales manager, we, we talked about with them. What's in it for me? Mm -hmm. Okay, so if I'm a developer, okay, I'm a developer, okay, and I go, okay, I'm going to make a Corsair, but before I make that Corsair, I want to make sure that my development costs of buying the mesh, paying someone to 
code, the engine and whatever is all looked after before I even actually start work or before I get too far along. So I say, cool, I'm gonna put my Kickstarter out there and do that. So I know that my development cost is gonna be $100,000. I say, right, I need $100,000 and let's say I get it on Kickstarter. And go, cool, right, don't worry, my development costs are covered. Am I gonna feel inspired to really put much into effort, especially if I go some challenges in development and go, oh, you know what, you know, yes, I could make this better. Some guys are. I could make this yeah, better some guys are. by going, we have serious, I, I, I can make yeah. this better by putting a little bit more work in, which is gonna cost me a little bit more money, but more people are gonna want it and they're gonna be accessible for it and they'll buy it. So we'll get that money back. But if my development costs are already paid for, I go, well, you know what, that's not in my budget. So that feature is just gonna have to be whacked. Or you know what, mm. I know I said I was gonna do actual authentic sounds of a uh, of a right radial to um, to be able to uh, to put for this aircraft, but you know what? That's going to cost me an extra five thousand dollars because I've got to pay for the the fuel and the engine time. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to alias the sounds of you know the Piper Cup. <laughs> but I'm not buying that Corsair. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> but that's 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 the point. But that that's and that's what happens when you have when you have a budget. Yep. You know, there are plenty things of examples. Things when you're playing with other people's money, exactly. basically. People, things change. <laughs> Whereas if I'm playing with my money, I go, right, you know what? Um, I have to outlay this money. Okay, but if I outlay this money, it's going to be a better quality product that I'm going to be more mm -hmm. passionate about. People are going to see my passion. They're going to see the, the you know, and they're going to hear the, the quality of it, and they're going to buy it. So what's in it for me as a developer? If, I, if I've got a set budget... And I don't have anything to risk. Am I really going to put anything at risk? Because what's the reward? Because if mm -hmm. I put any extra outlay in, then I'm not going to be making anything back. I'm making less. And back. this is not about. This is not about movies. And yeah, That's this a, is. And sorry, and, and just to be clear, this yeah. is not. I'm not saying this is what movies is doing. Not, yeah, not is, we're all. not targeting movies on this. We're, we're not saying that movies yeah. need to do this. This yeah. is a concern that for the future. That if we allow this precedent to establish, this is what we risk. Because we have seen it time and again in the rest of the gaming community that this is what's going to happen. And, and again, I'm going to pick on Star Citizen here for a second. I'm going to pick on Star Citizen here <laughs> for a second. So I have not bought into to Star Citizen. I really wanted to. I was really intrigued by it. It looked awesome. And I know both of you guys have it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. $27,000 to buy the content currently on, on offer. If I went into their online store and bought the content they've got available, 27K US. And they've had people pay various amounts of money over the years to, to them, whatever. You know what? Mm -hmm. You know what they famously did a few years ago? They installed a replica door from the Star Trek Enterprise in the office. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I've seen pictures of their offices too. I've never noticed the door. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, I'm all for having a really cool Other space people's door. Money. I'm really all no. for having a really cool space door. But... 
could that money have been, however much it cost, could that maybe have been better spent yeah. on getting my product out a little bit sooner? That could have been a developer's paycheck right there. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about the fact that um, this, this, this is not about, you know, Milvi starting something. Uh, it's, it's not about, you know, uh, we're not targeting them and saying that they are the ones to blame. What concerns, the concern I have, what concerns me is that just like we are allowing developers to charge more and more money for add-ons, I am very concerned that, you know, the community will not self-regulate. Yeah. And we'll we allow are allowing this, it to happen. Yeah, and we, we allow these bad projects to start appearing uh, on our in our ecosystem, and all of a sudden we'll have these developers that are, you know, just producing horrible add-ons for for huge amount of money from the community, and we will end up with kind of our own Steam with a lot of you know, shitty content and shitty add-ons. Whereas at the that, moment, you know, we've got some shitty yeah. content developers, but at least they're not asking for money up front. You know, you, they produce right. the content first before, and they release their shitty content and be like, okay, see, now you have a choice whether or not you want to buy it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <clears throat> you know, that actually brings to mind uh, one of the points that they have on this Facebook post here. Because I was going to say, you, when you were talking about self regulation one thing that comes to mind is the fact that the x-plane community by and large has been pretty good when it comes to that they're very supportive and, i've noticed yeah, yeah but now this point 10 that they have there they're mentioning at this point honestly it's the xp fans they're much worse than the dcs ones i'm not sure we wish to even consider what would happen if we did do an atr for x-plane so it almost sounds like it's pretty much a moot point. Like, because of the, the backlash that has obviously come out because of this whole situation, this almost reads like they've already made the decision that it's not going to happen. And I don't know yeah. if maybe I'm just reading too much into it, but, you know, it's the a, words it's a, are it's there a, It's a valid way of reading it. It's a valid way of reading it. Um so I'm thinking that as far as self-regulation, it sounds like the Explain community as a whole, you know, in general, seems to have already put the kibosh on that. And as much as it would be amazing to have an ATR for Explain, for um, even though I think there already is one, but you know, I don't know the quality of it, um, you know, again, you know, I, I am all for seeing developers succeed, and please don't think, and, and I want to make this clear as, as we sort of round this out, that while we talk about Milviz a lot, it's it's not a personal attack, it's, a, it's, it's, it's standing up for our community and, and expressing our concerns and having these hard conversations that a lot of people, maybe if we'd had these, you know, these conversations five or six years ago, maybe we wouldn't be seeing an FS Labs product for $140. Um, and we're not saying that it's not right for developers to charge a, a price or to charge for their product. Absolutely not. All three of us here are mm. all content yeah, developers. Get paid. We all need to get paid. These developers need to get paid. Mm -hmm. They've got families to feed. You know, they've got you know passions of their own to be able to fulfil. So we're not saying that they not they shouldn't be paid, but 
we have to question how are they going about it and how does that then impact on us as a community and Sergio um, you know you, you made a really good point before about the whole you know if helicopters start costing a hundred dollars a pop you're walking away from the, from the hobby and quite frankly you know there are times in the last few years when I have looked at walking away because of the, the rising cost of add-ons. It seems to have stabilized now at around about the 40 US dollar mark for, for most content. Mm. Um, now that the quality of content you get for 40 US dollars varies greatly between developers, but it seems to have stabilized at around that price point. Um, but you know, for me, you know, I, I'm trying to get my 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 partner and, and children out to Australia. I'm trying to get them. You know, we're trying to go through the immigration process to get them out here to Australia. I'm trying to, you know, I have other commitments away from flight simulation that cost money. Um, if add-ons start costing a hundred bucks a hundred bucks a pop, I'm walking. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and yep. there is only yep. a, and the other concern I have is that. And again, going back to you said it, Sergio, if we keep, you know, if we push the price point up, will people buy it? Yes, they do. Okay, let's nudge it a little bit higher. Will they buy that? Yeah, they will. Let's nudge it a bit higher. You know, there's only That's so the much Barnum effect. There's only so much money in the community. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only so many, and and I'm going to sure I'm going to sure you know, get a whole heap of flack from this, but you know, there's only so many rich old white people in this community you know sounds horribly racist kind of is but at the end of the day and Drew back me up on this it is what it is it, it is what it, it is. is what it is that's and, the primary demographic yep. right now uh, I would say probably the second would be the young kids basically because they're the ones that are showing the interest and people now, like ourselves we're somewhere in the middle so the question is, how many of those young kids are going to be able to spend $140 on an add-on? No. They're not. They're going to ask their parents. Yep. They're going to ask their parents. And let's let's say that they buy them one. Are they going to be able to buy them eight? <laughs> Ten? Twelve? No, at that point in time, your happy ass is getting a job. And that's... You can that's, buy your own why, add-ons. Yep. That's why I'm saying that, you know, if this starts to happen, they can... I see myself probably or just you know sticking with a helicopter or perhaps two and not not buying any anything else because it, it's just it's just insane you cannot support look we, we you cannot support such an expensive home that's the thing hmm. and and I'm extremely for, picky about what I get anyway too so you know yeah yeah I'm not gonna buy and, anything out there just because it's out there <laughs> so mm. I, I guess as we as we round this conversation out it, it's it's not a yes Milviz is the catalyst for the for this conversation but at the end of the day it's 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 a concerning development and it's a it, it's a new stance in the community yeah. that actually made us yeah made us it, it, it's, the, it's the long it's the long-term impact and potential long-term impact and awareness that we want to have in the community about this um, to see what happens. So, anyway, folks, we'll um, see where it goes. We'll, we shall see where it goes. That's been our reflections upon the uh, the events of the last few days. Stay tuned to the guys over at FS Elite. 
uh, and also to the Milvis Facebook page uh, and of course uh, to um, our various channels and uh, enterprises for your any further information about it. So I want to say thank you very much to my wonderful two colleague grumpy fellow grumpy simmers. I want to say thank you very much to Drew Belgiode. Alrighty, you know where I'm headed to. I'm back in the Tomcat. And he, we know he's going straight back into Tomcat. So uh, don't forget, folks, to stay tuned to his YouTube channel. Like, give it a like, still and subscribe. Play, still have to make a video with the Tomcats someday. I've got to get. I've got to get the Tomcat. What, what um, yeah, I'm going to hold you to that. We too. need to find a way yeah. to land Tomcats on the top of that helipad on top of that building in um, Dubai. Just, just saying. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. It can be done. I'm trying to. I'm going. I'm trying to get Hitler. <laughs> To sponsor you me let one. me know when that happens. I will Rio for you. Yes, I promise that, you yeah, this. You have my word, <laughs> and it's now out in public. The entire universe, the internet, has access to this promise that I'm making you right here. You get the Tomcat, I'll Rio for you. We're landing on the Burge. Yeah, okay, that's a good deal. I will probably make a fool of myself filling a helicopter trying to film it. Anyway, uh, and speaking of helicopters, say... <laughs> Thank you very much to my uh, helicopter aficionado, Sergio, from helisimmer.com. Bye, guys. Don't, See ya. Don't forget to uh, head over to the website for all your latest simulation helicopter news. And, of course, give his uh, YouTube channel uh, a like and subscribe. And, of course, my name's been uh, Tristan Noblewing24. Thank you very much for joining us uh, on this episode of Grumpy, Three Grumpy Simmers. Uh, it's been fun. We'll put some relevant links in the description down below as well for you guys so you can have your, uh, have your choice. I look forward to seeing... The comments in the description down below, I'm sure there will be a variety of viewpoints expressed. It should be fun. <laughs> all right, folks, thanks very much for joining us. Take care. Safe skies to all. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Ciao.